On this week's episode of There'll Be Crossbows, John casts a wide net but comes up empty. James gets reprimanded for repeatedly telling widows there's plenty of fish in the sea at their husband's funerals, and they both get permanently kicked out of the aquarium for trying to harpoon a sickly beluga. All this and more on There Will Be Crossbows. And the beastly horde approached the castle gates as a ruinous multitude of malice, but the king was prepared. For the blue wizard had warned him. There will be danger, and there will be crossbows. Welcome to this week's episode of There Will Be Crossbows. I'm John, I'm one of your hosts. Today's theme is fishing. Fishing is something that I did a couple times when I was a youth, but not in many, many years. I hear it hasn't changed that much. Let's find out if that's true by giving our co-host James a call right now. Hello, James. Hey, John. You got a big smile on your face this morning. Well, I just got back from a trip, and I am nice and relaxed for once. Oh, nice. I don't remember you saying you're going out of town. Where were you? I just went down to the bank of the river, and I had a tiny fishing trip. Oh, I can't wait to see your photos. Uh, I didn't actually go with anyone. It was just me because, you know, uh, pandemic times, you don't really uh, hang out with people. So I just photoshopped myself in several different poses and costumes. Yeah, because I was wondering how you were going to have the hashtag fishing with the boys if you didn't have any boys with you, right? I just pretended to be boys. Well, how was it? Did you catch anything? No, and I didn't even try. As you know, I am a vegetarian, so I don't really eat fish, and I don't really feel like yanking fish unexpectedly out of their normal environment and causing a bunch of mental chaos for them. So I didn't even put a line in. When it comes to catch and release, it seems like if you're not taking it and eating it, then really what you're doing is is you're just making it late for something. It's true, and fish these days have a lot more on their plates, no pun intended, than they used to. More fish these days are entering the workforce, and that means just, well, quite a bit to do every day. So if you were yanked out of all of that for just a few minutes, imagine it's quite inconvenient should you be a working fish. These fish, especially the times that I go fishing, it's like during fish rush hour. If I yank a fish out of there, that fish is just going to work to try to provide for its family. And what if that's its last straw and I get that fish fired? And then you have a whole bunch of its fry that have absolutely nothing to eat, they get their little fishy house foreclosed upon, and that's all my fault. Just because I wanted to, you know, hang it from a string and uh, point at it on the Instagram. It really is the definition of playing God, because you are trying to act like some immortal being who has complete control over these little critters' lives, and, and that's just, what an ego trip. You know, I always have wanted to be the God of something. You could be the god of fishing, but you could be a compassionate god who doesn't actually believe that fishing should be done with hooks or result in any fish being caught. 
I would be the god of fishing where I'm just like, we're going to leave everything just the way it is and not interfere at all. Just like real God. Leave your hands completely clean. Just watch everything go to hell. As God of the fish, I would simply be an observer. I would take no action one way or another. If fish civilization thrives, that's great. And if they uh, elect a fishy leader that has no business being a fishy leader and ends up paying no fishy taxes and makes really bad fishy decisions regarding fishy diseases, well, that's their own fishy fault. And if, you know, some extremist fishy group assumes minority control of all the fish and starts kind of pulling all the strings and making a lot of decisions which actually make life worse for all the fish at large just to promote their weird obscure fishy values you can just sit back and be like well fish will be fish you know i have the power to improve that situation but i'm not going to no because a bunch of the fish already put complete faith in you that things are happening this way for a reason why prove them wrong and I know that those things are not happening for any reason, but I don't have to let them know that. I can just sit back and let them believe whatever they want, because really, it's all just entertainment for me. Boy, you went from benevolent god of the fish to a deranged psychopath in just minutes. And once again, I'm not surprised. I'm just a little disappointed. I think this is why I should not be the god of anything. I think that's too much pressure for me. I should just be myself, and that way, if I want to take good steps to improve the lives of other beings, I can still do that. Yeah, just be the god of John. Introduce yourself as the god of John in, you know, interviews and public appearances, and just say you have complete control over the life of John, yourself. But James, I have so very little control over the life of John. Do you? Or is the God of John just sitting back and letting the things that happen to John happen to John for no reason? I feel like I'm kind of swept up in global events. Well, you know, in many ancient cultures, when a God seemed to be letting down the people, they took it as a sign that that God was requiring sacrifice. So maybe the God of John is requiring a sacrifice from John. I need to sacrifice something to myself to earn my own good will. You go back to that river, you catch the first fucking fish you see. You grill that asshole. Also, pro tip, just take the bones out first. I promise you, it'll feel like some old world god sacrifice when you were hacking the head off that fish, peeling away its skin, removing its bones, cutting into its flesh. That'll feel pretty dramatic. Gods are disgusting. All right, Mr. Hogan, I have completed my assignment. I have 50 strangers' email addresses for you. Good job, Johnny. Oh, you're going to get an A++ on this one. Good, good work. Let me just look this over. Oh, that's two more pluses than usual. Well, hold on, Johnny, you missed some social security numbers on this list. It's hard times out there right now, Mr. Hogan. Well, well, well. Maybe you could give me your bank information, and that way I can test out and see if I can do it right. Oh, I see what's happening here, Johnny. 
you realized that stealing other people's money is a lot better than making your own. Then you realize a cute little kid can get away with a lot. So then you thought you'd turn the tables, get my information, drain my account, huh? I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Hogan. I just want your bank information. <laughs> I know when you're lying, Johnny. You were gonna take me for every penny I have. My mom said if I didn't get bank information, by the time I came home, I couldn't have dinner. Look, Johnny, I didn't tell you what happens to people who come up short on this whole uh, thing. They get bumped off, Johnny, they get killed. You see these goons I have in the corner? They're not just for show, they're gonna kill you. Yo, just a goon, I'll do anything that guy says. Hold on a minute, are we supposed to be killing a child? What, is my goon having a second thought? What's wrong with that? Well, no more of that, Windsor. You get back in the corner, you wait for a command. Jesus. Oh, all right. Kid, there's a way out of this. Either you try to appeal to the good side of Windsor's nature and turn him against me, which seems plausible at this point, or you could give me your mom's bank information and I let you walk. Okay, I'll give you my mom's information because I don't trust that Windsor will remain loyal. Wow. Okay, here it is. You son of a bitch. A routing number can't be three digits. You were trying to trick me. Windsor, it's all on you now. Kill this oh. little boy. Oh, jeez. Can I, like, maim him or something? You have to kill him violently and horrifically to prove your loyalty to me. Windsor, you gotta make your choice. The other goon fell asleep, so he's no good for anything now. Oh, I wish I had narcolepsy. Today's episode of There Will Be Crossbows is brought to you by the Bathtub Fisherman. Oh, the weather's getting colder and it ain't safe to go outside no more, what with the virus and all. But that don't mean it's got to be the end of your fishing season. No, no, no. You need bathtub fishermen. Our complete starter kit comes with a bucket of mud and a ten-pack of lily pads to transform your bathtub into a small fishing pond. And the tiny included fishing pole lets you fish all day long from the comfort of your own shitter. You won't actually catch anything, but you don't really catch much when you fish outside either, do you? So grab a six-pack of beer and knock yourself in the bathroom all week long with bathtub fishermen. All right, Edgar, I'm ready to ditch the old ladies and head out to our uh, our road trip. We're going to Hawaii this time. I don't want to be this way, but if it's Hawaii, can it technically be a road trip since there are no roads leading to Hawaii? What are you talking about? Uh, Hawaii is a series of islands uh, there may be roads between some of the islands, but from the mainland here to Hawaii, it's either boat or plane. It's a boat trip or it's a plane trip. It's not a road trip. I can't afford boat tickets. I know. Boat prices are so expensive. And we're definitely not flying on a plane. We're not idiots. We're going to take a road trip because it avoided people. But I'm pretty dead set on Hawaii, so we're just going to have to rough it. Uh, how aquatic would you say your car is? I don't understand what you're saying. You're saying just because Hawaii is a series of islands, we can't just drive to the first one and then take it from there? 
I was at first concerned that you just had the wrong nomenclature for our trip, because you can't call a road trip a road trip if there are no roads. Now I am concerned that you are planning to drive to Hawaii uh, on the surface of the ocean. Well, no, we'll take the, the ocean road. The ocean road is an ocean. It is, it is water. It's like the surface of an ocean. Right, right. But they got all those, um, you know, like in London, right? You know, they have the glass tube. You drive through the glass tube because London is on an island too. Yeah, that is, that's very accurate. Uh, we should go to London. Can't drive to London, you idiot. It's across the, the fucking Atlantic Ocean. Look, I, I, are you wanting to call off the road trip? If we will be driving on an ocean, I definitely want to call it off. Hawaii's in the United States. It is one of the United States. It's not one of the contiguous 48. Contiguous is the, is the, the operative word here because they're all touching each other. Is that the same as the continental U.S.? I've heard continental before. Continental involves Alaska as well because it's still on the continent. You, you can still get there, but you have to go through Canada, which is a regulatory nightmare now that there's a pandemic. So you're trying to say that Continental refers to the lower 48 plus Alaska and Hawaii, whereas contiguous would only be the lower 48 plus Hawaii, or am I misunderstanding? Yeah, yeah, that's a misunderstanding for sure. All right, well, it doesn't really matter. I mean, fuck that anyway. So are we going or not? I don't understand. What's the holdup? I'll go with you as long as the land holds out. Later in Santa Barbara, California. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I see what you're saying now. I was scrolling through Facebook. I got a message direct from the president of Microsoft who wanted to connect. He said I should come work there as part of his team. I was so excited, I thought I would scream. I drove out to Rhode Island, to a barn in the country. A strange place for an interview, things fell apart abruptly. A massive tentacled creature emerged from the shadows. Bright glowing eyes and giant webbed toes. He said he was a high priest, the last ancient one. He was sorry he'd tricked me, he was just having fun. At this point I realized I wasn't up for a job. I was just being set up by a damn elder god. I got catfished by Cthulhu, that son of a bitch. He fooled me this time with the old bait and switch. I got catfished by Cthulhu, and it feels pretty bad. For a supposed cosmic bean, he's kind of a cad. The next week on Tinder, I matched with a girl. I'd never sent a message, so I gave it a whirl. To my shock, she answered. She wanted to hang out. I was so excited, I thought I would shout. Drove out to Rhode Island to drop by her place. When I got out of the car, I saw his stupid face. Hundreds of feet tall, stupid green wings, giant sharp claws on the ends of his limbs. He laughed really loudly, said he got me once more. Then he scurried away with a deafening roar. I got catfished by Cthulhu. He fooled me again. 
I swear to God, I have an IQ of 10. I got catfished by Cthulhu, I wasn't careful enough. I gotta be smarter about internet stuff. I was left shaken by this terrifying beast. My frightened pants shitting must immediately cease. I resolved to myself this could not go on. I shut down my accounts to the internet. I was gone. I started spending way more time in the outdoors. My own way of telling Cthulhu, up yours. The only kind of catfish for me now is from the stream. I'm relaxed when I reel it in, but it turns to a bad dream. I got catfished by Cthulhu in the most literal sense. He's on the end of my fishing pole. I'm feeling dense. He's laughing and waving his tentacles at me. He falls on the bank and chortles. That's three. I moved to a new town 800 miles away. Eventually met a woman. I'm more in love every day. I often think back to that weird obsessed god. Why did he torment me so, so freaking odd? I guess I'll never know. We've both moved on. My new wife and I have a great life here in Dayton. Last Saturday night, we're going out on the town. When I see my wife tuck a tentacle into her gown, I got catfished by Cthulhu. What the fuck is going on? My wife is a monster who's playing the long con. I cannot believe how long I've been fooled. Though I guess on the one hand, this explains all the drool. I got catfished by Cthulhu. But I guess it's not a big deal. No matter what she looks like, the love we have is real. Sometimes marriage changes in ways you didn't think. Now is the time to tell her about my tentacle kink. We've detected alien life forms in the Marianas Trench. How would they be aliens if they were, you know? In the ocean, our ocean, our planet's ocean, wouldn't that make them Earth life form and therefore not aliens? If we can have aliens coming from Guatemala, we can have aliens coming from the ocean. Fair point. I shouldn't have questioned you. I am a general. How dare you question a general? You see how many stars I've got on my shoulder here? Yeah, there's 16 stars. I see them. Yes, they're very nice. Most generals stop at five. Not me. Yeah, no, you've got all the neon ones you got in some little iron-on patch kit. Probably intended for kids, but they, uh, they definitely make your outfit look fancier and definitely command respect. Because <clears throat> this general doesn't let other people define things for him. I define my own things. I define that there are aliens in the ocean. I define how many stars I can have. I define what your middle name is. Your middle name is now Beans. You wouldn't do that. You know that makes me baked beans, Smith. Here's your new ID card. Look, are we going to deal with the aliens in the Marianas Trench, or are we just going to go all day about my, my new unfortunate name? You don't get to define what we do today. Only the general defines what we are doing today. And I say we are devoting the remainder of the day to playing Monopoly. Wait a second. You never saw any aliens in the Marianas Trench. 
you were just bringing that up to lure me into a conversation where I disobeyed you and give you a, a clearance to name me Baked Bean Smith. You already had the passport ready to go, so you were planning this whole thing. Beanie, you will be the ship. All right, well, let's get the boys in here to, to complete the circle. Uh, Ballsack Jones, dumb fuck fuck, why did you guys come in here and sit around the table and uh, play with the general? The two of you will also be the ship. Right away, sir. You got it. Oh, my name isn't dumb fuck fuck. It's time for an Amazon product review. Today, instead of reviewing the item myself, I have enlisted the help of a relative. Here is my Uncle Quint. Thanks for helping out, Uncle Quint. I have here Shark Rig, Circle Hook Saltwater Fishing Gear, and Tackle 3 Pack. This is a product I already use in my normal life. You all know me. You know how I earn a living. Sometimes the shark looks right into your eyes. And you know the thing about a shark. He's got lifeless eyes. Black eyes. Like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, doesn't seem to be living until he bites you and those black eyes roll over white and then ah, you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. Uh, Uncle Quint, this is very interesting, but we should just stick to the review of the product. Do you think that you could use this circle hook to catch a shark? I'll catch the bird for you, but it ain't gonna be easy. Bad fish. Not like going down the pond chasing bluegills and tommy cards. Shark, swallow you whole. Little shaking, little tenderizing, and down you go. But it's not going to be pleasant. I'll catch him and kill him for ten. That's a lot of money, Uncle Quint. You gotta make up your mind. If you want to stay alive, then ante up. Ten thousand dollars for me by myself. For that, you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Ten thousand dollars. You apparently have no idea how much this podcast makes. $10,000 is the budget we have for the next 10,000 years. I understand that you have a lot of nautical experience, which is why I thought you would fit right in here. I was on the Indianapolis. 1,100 men went in the water. 316 men come out and the sharks took the rest. June the 29th, 1945. Um, I'm sorry, this review went completely off the rails. This is not what I intended at all. Here's to swimming with bow-legged women. We never got a chance to actually test out these shark hooks. We'll just go ahead and call it five stars and uh, leave it at that. You wealthy college boys don't have the education enough to admit when you're wrong. I've done it. I've finally introduced human intelligence into a shark. You know, this has happened before. It has not gone well. Samuel L. Jackson got eaten. Right at the end of a monologue, it was, it was a real tragedy. I know, I saw that movie. It's what inspired me to start this line of research. By the way, was that, was that crazy or what? Samuel L. Jackson is an amazing, huge star and he gets eaten like a third of the way through the movie? Who does that? Right, you don't see it coming, and it's just, it's totally shocking, and the timing of it is masterfully done. You do not expect it whatsoever. It's possibly the best shark death ever recorded in, in cinema. 
if you think, okay, which one of these two guys is going to live to the end of the movie, Samuel L. Jackson or LL Cool J? You're not going to pick LL Cool J. As cool as he is, he can't out-cool Samuel L. Jackson. Right, and, and the filmmakers knew that you were expecting LL Cool J to get eaten early on because, you know, that stock oh. character, Jesus Christ, a shark just jumped out of nowhere and, and ate him. It's just like the movie. I, at the time, I thought that was so unbelievable, but now it just happened. Wow, to think that sharks have no respect for when you're talking. God, what happened in here? Oh, there's blood everywhere. Oh no, the professor, his research, it's all ruined. Where's the shark? Joe, Joe, come in here. What's going on? Oh God, a shark. Oh. oh shit, a shark just ate Joe right in front of my eyeballs. You know, this is why you shouldn't tinker around with nature. Some things should be left. Uh, hello, this is the producer of There Will Be Crossbows. I regret to inform you that we have to cancel the uh, preceding scene because all of the characters were eaten by sharks. Uh, we hope you'll understand. Uh, going forward, we've taken a lot of preventative measures to make sure all the characters do not perish uh, by, by, by shark. Wow! Hey everybody, this is James here with an Amazon product review. This week John sent me the Zagone Studios Soft and Sexy Mask. This is a flesh-colored polyester mask of a woman's face. So the mask is definitely soft, I will give it that. Sexy? Mmm, jury's out on that one. Honestly, it's a little bit creepy. It doesn't so much look like you are a woman if you wear this mask. It looks like you killed a woman, skinned her face, and are wearing her face skin over your face. Uh, not my idea of sexy, but, you know, to each their own. Like a lot of the stuff John sends me for these reviews, I just wasn't sure right away what I should do with this, so I just left it on my nightstand, as I do until inspiration hits. So the first night that I had this mask, I was having trouble sleeping because it was too light in my bedroom, so I used the mask to kind of block out some of the light from the window. Um, worked great. I fell right asleep. It was a little awkward in the morning. My wife woke up first, looked over, and saw that I apparently had the skin of somebody else over my face. Um, she screamed and started hitting me. Uh, led to kind of an awkward conversation and her storming out of the house. Okay, so sleeping mask was a no-go. Fine. Later, I was in the fridge and I knocked over a big jar of ketchup. We buy our ketchup in big glass jars. And it crashed, spilled all over the floor. So I was out of paper towels, so I used this mask to mop up all of the ketchup that had spilled. Um, right then was when my wife decided to come back home. She saw me with what appeared to be somebody else's severed face, and it was all covered in, you know, what looked to her like blood. So at this point, my wife made kind of an ultimatum. She's like, okay, either the mask goes or I go. And I was like, yeah, 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 I get it. That's fair. I meant to get rid of it but I just forgot and this morning I realized oh shit I still have the mask if she finds that I'm in big trouble oh that reminds me I gotta go grab it I, I stored it in one of her purses when she left today uh let me oh fuck she took that purse she took that purse oh man this is not gonna be good I am in trouble she's gonna find that face this mask may have ruined my marriage but it is very good quality, and I have to stress again, it is pretty soft. Let's go four stars.
It's time for another Crossbow University, and I am sad to announce that our practical lab-based classes in French kissing have been shut down by the stupid prude city council. Today we're here with Alexi, a rural fisherman who allegedly caught a golden fish that grants wishes. Alexi, thank you for joining us today. So, you've probably been fishing for a long time. I imagine it was a little bit of a surprise when you caught the golden fish. Want to tell us about it? So there I was, fishing, and all of a sudden I pull a fish out of the pond, and it's golden. And I thought to myself, well that there is a golden fish. True story. Now I realize you were quite alarmed when you realized this particular fish could talk. Yeah, see the thing is, I'm not used to fish that can talk. Little known fact, not very many fish can talk at all. So this one was special. So am I to understand that he offered you a wish of anything in the world to save his life, and you turned him down? Why? Well, I'm a fairly simple man. I have most of the things that I need, but in the moment, I was pretty hungry. Had no need for wishes, but I did have need for fishes. Do you regret your decision now to give up that wish? Not even a little bit. What the hell would I wish for? A fish didn't need to, had one in front of me. He told me he wasn't tasty, but he was lying. Now, I understand your wife did not react well when she heard the news. See, some of the other fishermen overheard me and the fish arguing, and word got back to my wife, and when I got home, she said, Alexi, you made a bad choice. See, she's been saving up for the Botox because she doesn't like the crow's feet. I tell her that I love her just the way she is, but she really wants the Botox. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, and good luck with the fishing. Once again, you've reached the end of an episode of There Will Be Crossbows. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a chance, go out there, sit on a riverbank, fail to catch some fish, just like James and I. You can connect with us, therewillbecrossbows at gmail.com, and... Join our Facebook group, The Crossbow Club. It's better than anything else on Facebook right now, guaranteed. We'll see you again next week on There Will Be Crossbows. There